like at all. Uh, but that gets me to the reason why there's this uh, grill behind me here. So um, during the summer, one of the things I enjoy doing, maybe you like to do this as well, I like to grill out. Like if I got, I remember one time, I think it was like last summer, it was raining and I still grilled out and I could hear my, there was like a next door neighbor, like a fence over or whatever. And they were like, they have like a little patio area out there and I could hear them. It was, you know, I wanted to respond, but I was like, nah, I think I'm just going to let that one go. But, uh, but I was at, I was putting some, you know, my charcoal in there, I was getting ready to light it all up, and I could hear the next door neighbor kind of real loud, and she goes, he's even grilling and it's raining, or whatever, and I was like, well, what's it to you? You're like, what do you care? You know, it's not your grill, you know, or anything, but I like to grill, uh, if I, you know, just, whatever, I just like to grill out, and maybe it's the pyro in me or something, or or whatever, but, you know, fire, you know, like, ooh, you know, and you got the fire going, and, you know, I just like that. Uh, maybe that's you, maybe that's not you, uh, but I like to do that. I, I like to grill up, all that kind of stuff, and I bring that up because I think as Christians, one of the things that we've been taught to have by by Jesus is Christians are supposed to be known for hospitality, being, you know, having some hospitality towards one another. And and I bring that up because you might remember a couple of couple of uh, Sundays ago, one of the ways I ended the message was to talk about we could use this summer as a summer of transformation, and in in our lives with all the disruption and all the things that are pulling us here and pulling us there, and everybody's trying to figure this out. Uh, I mentioned it in Sunday school, so my next door neighbor goes to a Church of Christ, and you know they're seeing like you know. M- way less than even half the people showing up for church on Sunday and they're not really sure what to do and they they have a Wednesday night thing that they've done for years and they're barely sort of getting that up and going and maybe they'll cancel it for the summer or maybe not and so everybody's just trying to figure it out as to like what are they going to do what are you not going to do And I I said that we could use this summer as a summer of transformation. One way to do that is to just celebrate love. You know, Jesus' first miracle happens at a wedding, right? Very right off the top, he goes and he celebrates love. Celebrates love. And I think one way that we can do that is by through or through acts of hospitality. And we can do that with people that we know, and we can do that with people that you don't know, that we don't know. And that word hospitality just means uh, to welcome a friend or to welcome a stranger with joy. That's all that that word hospitality kind of means. But it's something that's supposed to flow out of the heart of what it means to be a Christian. If we're supposed to be a Christ follower, then we should be welcoming to those people that we know and those people that we don't know. You know, hospitality is not something that you do with a chip on your shoulder. Right? You know, you, you've maybe been someplace and maybe they're, you're supposed to have like your waiter or your waitress and they kind of got this chip on your shoulder. They're supposed to be the ones that are supposed to be the, the hospitality crew and they're, <laughs> they're not real hospitable. We're not even sure you want to be here. You know, maybe you should just go home because obviously this is no joy, right? This is not good. You know, this is not a happy thing for you. But, it, but as Christians, we want to have that kind of an ethic. We want to be the people that are a hospitality towards other people. That's what that's what we want to do. And that's opposite of the word xenophobia. Maybe you've heard that word kind of thrown around, xenophobia, and it means to be uh, afraid or scared. 
of other people. We're scared of you know scared of the aliens, scared of foreigners, scared of this, scared of that, like xenophobia. The, the opposite of that is hospitality. Hospitality. Christians are called to be the people that embrace other people. And this comes up in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, starting in verse 35, it says this. <clears throat> this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So somehow, someway, what Jesus is saying is, is when you give a cup of water to your husband, to your wife, to your kids, to your grandkids, uh, to a next-door neighbor that maybe you don't even know, but you're looking at him going, that guy could use a cup of water. Uh, this morning when I got here, there was a police officer just sitting all the way out there, just, you know, doing, I guess he was doing whatever on his laptop, blah, blah, blah. Took him just, I have some water in here. Took him a little thing of water and just said, appreciate the job you do and have some cold water. And he was like, thanks and everything and, and all that kind of stuff. Just hospitality. And Jesus says when you do that, Somehow, some way, when you do those things, it's it's like you're literally doing that for Jesus somehow. So what that means is is everything is spiritual. Everything that you do, when you get some clothes for somebody that needs some clothes, uh, when you visit somebody that needs a visit, all of those things are spiritual things, and Jesus says. It's just like you did it for me. It's like I'm the one standing there. I mean, you see your husband or your wife or your kids, or you see somebody that you don't even know. That's who you see, but I'm telling you, it's you did it for me. Like, you did that for me. And I think that's so important, especially now, with all the things that are happening in our culture and world and the things that we're seeing happening I think a lot of us want to sort of suspend maybe some things that Jesus taught us, and I think now more than ever it is more important for Christians to get more intentional about what Jesus taught us to do. Not suspend, but get more focused on what he's called us to do. Now, um, now I don't know about you, but some of the best stories that I have are stories that happened around a meal food, sitting at a table, eating a meal with somebody. So think about whatever that is for you. It was a wedding, a graduation, some sort of celebration, just a family get-together, some of the best meals. And it might not necessarily have been that the food was that awesome, but it was the people that you were with around that table when you ate that food. And what, I'm, what I thought of was, so when I went to India the first time, and I know I've talked about this before, but I don't know if I've shared this with you. So when I went this, so when I went and I was there, um, you know, the mission wasn't like it is now. It was, it was a real kind of a small kind of an operation. It's not the, wasn't the big operation that it is now. And for breakfast, they would just kind of serve us 
you know, maybe like some toast and maybe some like eggs for breakfast, which is fine. Like I wasn't not complaining nothing, whatever. But um, one morning they gave us pancakes and they were really good. Like they were really good pancakes. And and uh, they had uh, they had so much of this pancake stuff or the things that they were making that like if I wanted more, all I had to say was one more, okay. And they were like on it, like okay, you want another one? Like they were. I mean, as long, you know, I, I think I could have sat there all day, and they just would have kept making more pancakes and more pancakes and more pancakes, I think is what they would have done. So I'm sitting there, and it wasn't until, I think it was either later that day or later on in the week or something like that, and um, I'm sitting there, and I learned that the people who were making the pancakes for me, it took them three days to find enough ingredients to make pancakes, because pancakes, that's not an Indian kind of a food. So they had to take three days to get the ingredients to make those pancakes. And I was like, oh, man, like, oh, how much love and how much kindness went into making those pancakes. And then I felt guilty for eating them because I was like, oh, geez, like it took you guys three days to make these things. And, you know, here I am just kind of, you know, gobbling it down, you know, like a goober. And the love that went into making those pancakes, it made it like this unforgettable meal. I think that the table that you sit at, wherever that table is, I think the table that you sit at is a powerful thing. I think it is a table of love and of transformation and of encouragement and strength. I think that when we find ourselves, especially in these times where people aren't at our tables because of distance, or because of social distancing and stuff like that, those kind of things, I I think it is even more important to focus on hospitality. Think about it. The table that Christ gives us, so we think of the communion table, there's these tables around this room where you can go and take communion. There's a little tables of love. It's here as a reminder of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for each person that's in this room. And as we gather, whether table here or up here or whatever, when you do take communion, it's all about love. That's what draws you to that table. I mean, I mean, it's, this is just grape juice and some bread, but it, it's, it's, it's the people around that table. It's, it's the love that brings us to that table. And I think it's the same thing with whatever table that you have at your house whatever meal that you might be sharing around that table, it's the love. It's the people around that table. There's a lot of things we're embracing at this time. We've embraced things like wearing masks. We've embraced things like social distancing. We've embraced things like video calls and doing Zoom meetings and working from home and, you know, looking for ridiculous little marks on the floor as you're checking out to make sure you're six feet apart and am I here or should I be there or what's the entrance and how do I get out of here? We've all put up with having to embrace some new things. What if we embraced the power of a table? What if we embraced the power of a table? Because I believe that during the time of the coronavirus and the things that are happening now, 
it's not just a pandemic that we're experiencing, like as as far as like a, this this disease. I think there's another pandemic that we're experiencing in our lives, and it's a pandemic of loneliness and mental health that's out there. And I don't have the cure for coronavirus. I'm hoping, and I'm hearing all kinds of news reports about possible vaccines and. Man, I'm really hoping that God works through all that and something really awesome comes and maybe we could put the brakes on this thing and and maybe save some lives. I don't have the cure for that. But what I do have the cure for is loneliness. And so do you. You have it too. You have it too, and it's called hospitality. Radical Christian hospitality. Radical enough to say, I might not know you, but I don't have to know you to feed you. You know, harmony is spread out. And we're meeting here right now. But you live in your own neighborhood. You've got your own neighbors around you. You could become a little pocket of beauty and grace and love in the midst of all the things that are going on. So maybe you just cook for one person. Maybe you could cook for two people. Maybe you cook for four people. Maybe you could cook for eight people. And maybe you could take that extra that you made and share it with somebody else. Share it with a neighbor. You know, in John chapter 13, Jesus' disciples are getting ready to take uh, the... The Passover meal, right? They're sort of getting everything ready. And the Passover meal is like this combination of some half-decent, pretty good food along with like this deep spiritual stuff that kind of all gets woven together in this thing called the Passover meal. And it's all about God's connection with his people. It's a way to share and remind ourselves of the love of God as well as a way to lift and encourage people who are sitting around the table. There's something about sitting down and eating and having a meal with somebody else. Think about your favorite meal, whatever that is, your favorite meal. If somebody were to ask you right now, favorite meal, go. What is that in your head? Maybe it's pizza, maybe it ain't pizza, maybe it's some recipe that only your mom knows how to make. Uh, My mom makes this stuff called ham loaf, Unheard of here, but up in Pennsylvania, it's a thing. Ham loaf. It's a thing, and I love it when my mom makes it. It's the greatest, I think it's like the greatest invention known to man, as far as I'm concerned, because what recipe wouldn't be awesome if on top part of the ingredients does not include frosted flakes? It's just awesome. I think it's like the best thing ever. I don't know what it is for you. Whatever your best meal is, right? And you imagine how you feel when you eat your favorite meal. You feel loved, you feel cared for, and you're just like scooping this, you're just just gobbling it down, right? Think about that for somebody else. How would they feel? How would somebody else feel if you made them their favorite meal and brought it to them? And you just dropped it off. How would they feel? would they feel? I was reading some medical journals earlier uh, last week and I was looking at the fact that loneliness 
is now being reported as a greater health risk than obesity. That they are equating loneliness to equaling about smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Like as far as like the health toll that it can take on the body. That's a lot. And in the last 20 years, the number of people who report feeling alone has jumped by 20%. It used to be at 20, and now it's at 40%. 40% of folks in the USA are reporting feeling lonely. And that was even before all this coronavirus stuff hit. I can't fix loneliness, but I can make a difference. And I think we can make a difference through hospitality. The book of Isaiah talks about um, this, this gives us this great picture of God's people. In Isaiah 55, starting in verse 1 and 2, it says this, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. So summarizing all that, verses 1 and 2, what, what our prophet is trying to tell us is, is in the kingdom of God, you don't have to have money to eat. You don't have to have a job for me to go and say, you deserve some food. God's people are called to hospitality. In God's economy, it's about sharing. I got some food. You're hungry. Here you go. That's how that works. And then he continues on. And in verse 3, he says, See, I have made him a witness to all the peoples, a ruler and a commander of the people. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. So here the prophet Isaiah is saying, look, all these people, some people you know and some people you don't know, are going to come to you, O Israel. And the reason why they're going to come to you is because you are being a witness for me. And by being a witness, what that means is, is you're doing the things that I've asked you to do. And by doing the things I've asked you to do, other people, other nations are standing around going, well, that's kind of curious. I think I'd like to find out more about that. And so they've come to you to find out what the heck is going on because nobody else is doing what you're doing. Just imagine in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, what would happen if we Christians took that prayer, that simple little prayer of, Lord, may I do things here on earth as it is in heaven and live that out. What would that look like? What would that look like? And then the prophet continues. He says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. So he's saying here, Look, all y'all have offended God. Everybody here is messed up. And the good news is, is that God is offering forgiveness. What if 
church isn't just something that happens right here, right now? What if church is going on even when you're not in this building? Which gets me to the reason why I have a grill right up here. What if you were to use your backyard this summer as a source of good news? You know, we've got all kinds of social distancing, and I know some people are, you know, about having people over. You know, you don't know, we don't know about all that, you know. Uh, but you can go outside, and we do know that by being outside, that the chances of either passing on or getting the coronavirus is greatly reduced, and you've got plenty of space in your backyard. So what if, and like really, instead of cooking for one, what if you cooked for two? Instead of cooking for four, what if you cooked for eight and you invited over one or two neighbors to your backyard and you became known as the place of hospitality? Well, what if that's what it is? Or, or maybe, maybe it's not your backyard. What about your oven? What if your oven became known as a source of good news and you whipped up some brownies or some bread and you walked it over to your neighbor and said, just wanted to, hey, how you doing, and have something to eat. What if some radical Christian hospitality of just showing and sharing some love with people, some people you know, some people you don't know? And we did that. What if your backyard became a little pocket of some good news in the midst of all the things that are happening. What if what if that is something that can come out of all of this? I bet you you could probably get somebody to come to your backyard that wouldn't step foot in this building, but they'll come to your backyard and they'll eat a hamburger or a piece of chicken. I bet you they'd do that. So that's why this grill is up here. I got this grill, and it's yours. There's no lottery, or there's no whatever. This this isn't a gimmick. This is just in all seriousness. If you would like to, and maybe you need a grill or something, and you want to invite over some of your neighbors or something, just take this grill home with you. Or maybe you know somebody that uh, needs something to eat, and you want to take this grill, and you want to get a... I don't know, a bag of charcoal and some frozen hamburgers and some hamburger buns or something and take it over to their house and say, I don't know if you need any of this, but here's a grill and here's something you can cook on it and here you go. Whatever you want to do, it's sitting right here. Whoever wants it, just come get it. And use your backyard as a source of good news. Let's let this summer be a transformative summer where we celebrated love, where we became not known as people who just kept to ourselves, but instead showed some love to people that we know and maybe some people that we don't know. If you would bow with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you are a God that shows us love in ways we often don't fully understand and sometimes we don't get. And yet, God, you've also called us to be people that love others, and um, that's often hard to do because we're scared and we're afraid. We don't know what they're going to say. We don't know what they're going to do. How are they going to react? And so, God, why don't you just give us some courage, just a little bit of courage,
to invite a neighbor, to take some bread to a, somebody next door. So God, we, uh, we just pray during this time, we might be the people that you've called us to be, people of hospitality. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.